my goal has always been a really fast turnaround for my clients. So I got really good at editing quickly. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. You are welcome. I'm so excited to talk with you. Me too. I'm excited to chat. So for those who are tuning in, can you just give them a little bit of an overview as to who you are and what you do? Yes, I am Nicole Olson. I run a photography business called Nicole Photography in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I have recently started becoming an editor for photographers. Um, I'm a mom of two girls and we love traveling And this has just been a great way to kind of diversify our income and be able to help other photographers. Yeah. So tell me a little bit that you kind of segued into it, but tell me a little bit about that transition from wedding photographer to being an editor. What made you want to go down that path? And you still shoot weddings now. Yes. Yep. I still do weddings and family and seniors, but once I realized that this was a job editing, I kind of just dove in headfirst. It was during the pandemic. So of course I didn't get a ton of clients the first year just because no one was outsourcing because they needed all their income. But this last year uh, just has been growing and growing and it's just been really fun to be able to work anywhere that I want. We can go to the lake like every week in the summer or we go to Florida quite often and I can, I can work from the car if I need to. So it's been really Yeah. There's so much more freedom when you don't have to like be in a certain location. Yes, definitely. So was that kind of what drew you to editing? Like, have you always really liked the editing part of photography? I feel like there's two camps of people, like the people who like love the editing part and the people who would rather shoot and like never edit again in their life. Yes. Yeah. I've always enjoyed the editing. Like I'm a self-taught photographer, editor. I didn't go to school for this. And when I finally took the dive into Adobe softwares, I dove in with like as much as I could because I wanted to learn how to be as fast as possible, learned all the shortcuts, made shortcuts. And my goal has always been a really fast turnaround for my clients. So I got really good at editing quickly, but if Very cool. So when you first start talking to photographers who are interested in outsourcing their editing, what are some of the things that they might think before they come to you that you kind of have to say like, oh, actually, no, like that's not really the case. Like this is actually how it goes. Because I feel like as photographers, oddly enough, even though we are editing on a regular basis, there's a lot that people don't understand about hiring an editor and working with an editor? Yeah, I think a lot of times people don't understand that you still have creative control. That while it can be money, it's not as much money as you may think it is. And a lot of times it can just be worked into your pricing and you can you can make it work pretty easily. 
So talk a little bit about creative control. When you start working with a new client, how do you make sure? Well, first of all, do you only take like a certain type of clients? Like, do you only take bright and airy or do you only take moody? Like, what does that look like as far as style? Yeah, I'm not very picky because of the process that I have. I can take clients who have totally different styles. Sometimes it takes a couple galleries to really get their, their mood or their style, but I use images called anchor images um, where they edit an image and then I can take those settings and apply them to the photos and I can match the look so that they look like you edited them, not me. Yeah, with those anchor images, I can basically match anyone's style. So what does, when someone sends you their gallery of photos, like what does their process look like? Do they do a little bit of editing beforehand and those are the anchor images that you use? Yeah, I always ask that for each different lighting scenario. So if if you move locations, that would be a different lighting scenario. You edit one image in each of those lighting scenarios so that I have a base starting point Mm, to go from there. Especially with new clients. Uh, Some of my clients now, they edit one photo from the whole ceremony and I am able to do it because I've worked with them over a year and I know their style. Very cool. How long does it usually take you to do a gallery? Um, typically it takes me, let's see, for a wedding with like 600 to 800 photos, it takes me about one to two hours. That's incredible. Yeah, it can be. So I have a client who sends me both to call and edit, and it takes me about three to four hours to do a full wedding for her. Oh my gosh. So like, what do your clients say when you're, when you're turning around these galleries I mean, probably way faster than what they're able to do is that, um, are their clients typically like super, like, does that help their client experience essentially? Yeah. I have gotten so many comments from my clients who say it's incredible that I can get my weddings back in a week to two weeks to my clients. And it it really depends on when they get it to me because my turnaround time is three to five business days. Okay. That is so awesome. Okay. So we talked about the creative control and like maintaining that. So you don't really have like a particular style of photographer that you work with because of those anchor images that you use. So they maintain that creative control and then money. What do you, do do you ever have clients who say like, I really want to work with you, but I don't know if I can afford it. Like, what do you tell them? Yeah. Um, so I actually had one client this last year who is just a portrait photographer. And she was worried about that. She knew she wanted to outsource. She wanted more time with her family, more time to focus on shooting and with her business. And one of the things that we talked about was just slowly going into it. So at the beginning, she came and she said, I want calling and I want editing. And she wasn't able to do calling because she wasn't charging enough, but she slowly increased her prices throughout the year to include that extra $15 for calling per session and extra 20 to 40 dollars for editing. So it's really, I mean, it's, I suppose, especially when you're talking about portrait sessions where there's fewer images, it's a pretty minimal cost, honestly. And I would imagine that it's kind of fun for you too to be on the side that you are because you've got people who maybe are not in a place where they're super profitable. And then after working with you, they kind of realize a little bit more like, oh, if I just raise my prices like 50 to a hundred dollars per session or 
potentially even less than that, like that could make a huge difference in what I'm able to offer. Yeah, definitely. I have a hundred image gallery is $39. Yeah. You know, and the fact that if they're that, they could take more sessions because they don't have to be editing all the time means that they could make even more. I think that that's the biggest thing that people maybe don't quite have their, um, their head wrapped around if they're looking at hiring an editor. You're exactly right. It frees up time so you can take more sessions and make quite a bit more money, you know, however much you're, you're charging for a session or for a wedding instead of spending those hours editing, which a lot of us don't necessarily love doing anyway. I always say like, I love editing up until like 50 images and then I'm out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's the great thing is for an editor, if you have a gallery of 200 images, you, if you were outsourcing it, you wouldn't be editing more than probably 20. Right. For sure. Okay. So tell me a little bit, if, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, yes, I'm very interested. This is something that I want to do in 2022 to like help get some of my life back. What are some of the things that we should look for when we're looking for an editor? And also where do you start? Like, where do you start to find someone who does this for a job? Yeah. So the outsourcebar.com is a great resource for finding editors. It also has other stuff. It's actually down right now, but I know that they're hoping to get it up and running by summer. So that's a good way. Honestly, Instagram is a great way to search. There are private editors all over there and just trying to find someone who's willing to work with you and your style and learning about their process to see how simple is this or how complicated are they making it can be a good way to find who's going to be a good fit for you. Talk a little bit about your process. Cause I know when I first started experimenting with outsourcing my wedding, so this was years ago, I was really overwhelmed with like the tech side of it. Like I know enough about Lightroom to edit. That's about it. So having an editor that could walk me through, like, this is what I need from you. Like that was really important to me. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you do that with clients. So they know what they're doing. Yeah. So when someone contacts me, I set up a phone call or a video call right away. Uh, It's a great way to just talk through everything, any questions they have, making sure that we're a good fit on my end too. And then, you know, once they've committed, we sign a contract and then I send them a Dropbox folder that is theirs. And within that Dropbox folder, I have two folders, a to edit folder and an edited folder. Um, They upload their smart preview catalogs to the to edit folder and then send me an email with any notes about that gallery. And then when I'm finished editing that, I will put it in their edited folder. So smart preview galleries, um, it's like through Lightroom, you can export Uh, smart previews, which are very small files, which have uh, settings in them. Um, So I can apply those settings to other photos. And I include a PDF for all my clients on how to do that, all the steps, what to click, what not to click, and all of that. That makes it so much easier than like trying to figure it out on your own or like not having someone walk you through it. Because I don't know that that type of stuff is what's overwhelming to me. Like not necessarily the lack of creative control, which we've already talked about, like is not really a thing anyway, but it's more like, okay, the tech side, like how long is this actually going to take? 
to send you these files. Like if I have to Dropbox everything to you, it would be faster for me to just do it. But with the smart previews, it's like super quick. Yeah. Depending on your internet speed, sending a wedding is probably like an hour, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to be at your computer the whole time. And exporting it is as simple as selecting all the images, file, export, getting that set up. Once it's exported, you zip the file and you're on your way. It's, it's probably a five minute process once you're, you've got it down. Yeah. So with your clients, what is their, like, how quickly are they turning around galleries and images now that they work with you? How fast are they turning around? It really depends on their workflow. So one wedding photographer that I have, she will shoot a wedding. She will do previews and then she will send me her gallery. So I do culling and editing for her. Typically she'll get them to me on Wednesday after the wedding. And then I will get them back to her Friday. So within a week. That is so awesome. That like from a, from a client experience perspective, like that gets me so excited because I love Instagram and I love Pinterest and like all of those things are wonderful. I don't think that anything can be good word of mouth referral marketing, especially when you're talking about something as personal as wedding photography. So to be able to have like happy brides who are like, oh my gosh, the images were beautiful. And I got them back within like two weeks of my wedding. Like that is a game changer. Yeah, definitely. It definitely helps your client experience. And I would assume that word of mouth would be incredible after that. Yeah, for sure. So we talked a little bit about where to look for an editor. Are there any particular things that we should be looking out for when we're looking for an editor? Like things that we want to make sure that they do or any like red flags that you want to avoid? I think red flags would just be not having consistent pricing on their on their website. Yeah. And then how they communicate. Are they quick with emails? Are they stuff like that? A lot of editors will do a sample gallery. I include that for anyone that inquires with me. Not everyone takes me up on it and that's, that's fine because they're just ready to jump in. But a sample gallery is a good way to not have to be tied to a person right away, but see how they work. And typically in my mind, a sample gallery should be back to you within three days. And that should show how fast are they going to be with getting my, with getting my galleries back to me and, and kind of, you know, how their communication is before you even jump in with them. Correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things that I was not aware of before I started working with an editor was that they do a lot of other things, like kind of tedious things in Lightroom too. Like I was surprised and thrilled that my editor would like straighten horizons. Cause that's like my biggest pet peeve when it comes to editing is not having a straight horizon, but it takes up time. Um, so the fact that she did that once in a while, like if there was a really obnoxious outlet in the background, like she would remove that, like that was more minimal, but I feel like it's not, it's so much more than just like copying and pasting a setting onto an image. Like editors can really save you so much time and just have that like attention to detail that sometimes is hard to have when you shot that event, like when you're more emotionally tied to it. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I, I typically will see in any wedding gallery is that their anchors don't match each other. And so that's something that I will work on. 
And it's, it's something I talk with them beforehand on, like, if I see that your color white balance, like your white balance is off, do you want me to adjust that? Do you want me to match them better? It creates an overall like consistent gallery. And yes, I straighten, I straighten stuff. I crop stuff in a little bit if they give me a lot of duplicates to give some variety for the client. And yeah, every once in a while, if there's something that's just really bugging me in the background, I might just go over it, even though that's not included in my right. uh, mm-hmm. color correcting, um, especially with clients that, you know, consistently are like gracious with me and kind. And, you know, I have one client that tips me every single time I get a gallery to her. And of course I'm going to go above and beyond for her. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. Before we go, what I would love to know, and I'm asking this for selfish purposes too, but for those of us who are not as amazing at Lightroom as an editor would be, what are some things that we can be doing to make Lightroom run better for us? And when I say better, I mostly mean like faster. (laughs) How can we be faster editors? Yeah, I know I personally work on a laptop that is empty. I don't store anything on it except for what I'm working on. I store everything on an external unless I'm working on it. And then it's on my computer because my external is slower than my computer drive Mm -hmm. is. Um, So that will help my Lightroom speed up. And like if I'm culling in Lightroom, because I do that, I don't have a fancy thing, especially when I'm doing it for clients who send me Lightroom smart catalogs. I keep it in live, I keep it in library mode. It works a little faster because it's just working off previews. It's not trying to load as much of the image. So that helps me. Yeah. Not storing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Do you work off of like, do you have a different catalog for every, like if you're editing for yourself, do you have a different catalog for like every session or wedding that you do? Or is it like a big, massive catalog with 6,000 images in it? I actually do a giant catalog. You do? Um, okay, tell I me do. more. <laughs> um, so, but because they're not living on my um, mm. my computer, they're not loading on the catalog. And because my computer has enough space where it's not a big deal, it doesn't slow it down for me. Um, that might be because I have a really new computer. And so it's not a big deal, but typically I will import the photos onto my desktop into a folder. And then when I'm done, I will put it on my external and my other external and that's where it lives. Okay, cool. So this is interesting because I feel like I've talked to a few people who are either really good, fast editors or like legitimate professional editors like yourself. And it kind of seems to me like whether you do individual catalogs or one big massive catalog, it's kind of personal preference. Like I really thought that there was like kind of a magic way to do it that would make it faster, but it sounds to me like it's just personal preference and making sure that you don't have a ton of stuff on your actual like physical computer. Yeah. I've never, I am a person that needs everything in one space. So when I need to load 2021 photos, I can go in my catalog and see all of them. And Mm -hmm. so that's just how I've, I've done that. But I, I see the value of having them individually. It just, for me and my like OCD, it can't, it can't happen. (laughs) Totally. Okay. I have one more question again, just because I'm curious. I think editing is something that is so interesting because we all do it a little bit differently. And I would imagine, especially as someone who's a professional editor, like you definitely have your ways that you do things. So when you're editing a wedding, how do you do it? Do you do a chronological order, like front to back, back to front? What do you do? 
if I'm editing a wedding for myself, I will put it into sections. So I cull and edit in certain sections. Um, I divide them into bride and groom, wedding, party, family, photos, getting ready, ceremony, reception. And then I go in order of my least favorite to call and edit to favorite. So I typically start with family. I It's not that I don't like family photos. They're just hard to call. Totally. Uh, I do those first. I call them. I edit them. And then I'm done with that category. And then I move on to ceremony, reception, wedding party, getting ready. And then I end with bride and groom because that's the best part of best a wedding part. day. <laughs> exactly. And it's fun to call and it's fun to edit. And it's a great way to like, it's a reward for yourself that you get to do the fun photos at the end. And that's how I do it. And that's how I do it for most of my clients too. Cause it's fun to see like the loving expressions that the couple has. It's like, it is, it's like the cherry on top. That's the best tip because I notoriously do, like did not do it that way. And then I would like race through portraits cause they were so fun and then be like, Oh, now I have to edit like wedding party photos or family photos. It's just not as fun. Exactly. Yeah. And I do it calling and editing. This is actually a pretty new thing that I just started this last year. Yeah, I was going to ask Culling about- and editing, calling and editing the sections at a time, because then I could take like a 15 minute break and then it's a new thing. It's not the exact same thing. And, you know, I reward myself by going and getting a new drink or a snack or going on Instagram for way longer than I need to. <laughs> and it's just a great way to, yeah kind of reward yourself or space it out. Okay. I keep saying I have one more question. I need to stop saying that. Um, Talk to me about culling. That is something that I absolutely hate doing. Um, We have had, I had a guest on the podcast a couple of weeks ago who works uh, for an AI software that does culling for you. And I was so fascinated about that because I just so terribly hate culling. But I have been intrigued at the idea of, you know, when I outsource my editing to do calling as well, to just like get all of that off my plate because it's the least favorite thing. How do you call for someone? Like, how are you able to decide like what photos are the best, what photos are are not as good? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it can be difficult to do it for other people, especially because sometimes you don't know if this moment was just an outtake or if it's a funny thing that they may want. A lot of times I'll just leave it in if I'm not 100% sure. Um, And I will leave that in the notes when I send the gallery back to them. But um, I call opposite of maybe other people. I pick what I want to keep instead of marking what I don't want. Interesting. Yeah. And it it helps me go a little faster. I do typically two two times through a gallery. So the first time I just grab any photo that is a good smile it's in focus. Yeah. It's a good moment, anything like that. And then I go back and I look at duplicates and I'll choose the best out of those and go from there. I've really been intrigued by outsourcing that because so often I will look at galleries like a couple of days after I've delivered them or even, you know, I'll finish them and then sit on them for a couple of days before I deliver. And I'll go back and look through them. And I'm like, I have three, like, virtually the same photo included in this gallery. And I think when we are so emotionally connected to our clients and these sessions, like we were there, we shot it, we were in those moments. It can be really hard to step back and say, okay, but actually which one is the best photo? 
And if you have someone else doing that for you, when it comes to both editing and calling, I think that it makes for better. I really think it makes for better galleries. I do. Cause you have more variety. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that photographers are notoriously bad at is over delivering when we don't need to, it's overwhelming for the client. Like, yeah, it looks better that you said you were giving hundred images and you gave 200, but are they, are they all top-notch photos that needed to be included in that? Or are you overwhelming them with how much they have? And then they're never going to print any because they're overwhelmed with, well, I have 200 and I, I don't know what to do about it. I I'm so guilty of that. So I do not want it to make, I don't want to make it seem like I have this figured out, but that has been something that's really been eye-opening since I started coaching other photographers. Cause I'll look at galleries before they send them. And again, I'm not emotionally invested in, in their sessions the same way they are. So it's easier for me to say like, okay, this gallery actually would be really overwhelming because those 10 photos are basically the same. And as your client, I'm confused as to which one I post or which one I print. Like that kind of makes it more complicated for me, even though as photographers, we think we're giving them more options. Like, of course they would want that, but that's not always true. Yeah, definitely. You know, sometimes I will have a wedding that I like absolutely loved photographing. They're like the sweetest clients. We just clicked in every way. And I will make my husband call because I want to keep all of the photos. So I outsource too, just to my husband. Uh, just having someone, having a second set of eyes on something in any part of business, I think is invaluable. And what you were saying about like noticing that anchor images, that the white balance was off or, um, like that something just wasn't quite right. Like if we're kind of editing in a vacuum and you don't have anyone else helping you, that can be, I mean, you, you probably wouldn't notice that type of thing. And it could be something that could really take a gallery like to the next level. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today, Nicole. This is so interesting. I think your business is just fascinating. I love what you do when it comes to editing. And I love, I've loved like seeing your business grow over the past couple of months too, as people have kind of come out of quarantine a little bit and they're like, okay, like it's not all about saving money. It's about investing it in the right place. And I really think that for a lot of photographers, that natural next step is editing. So thank you for answering all of my questions today and for being here. You are so welcome. It was great talking. Tell um, everyone where they can find you real quick before we go. Yeah. Um, my website is www.photosbynicolemarie.net. And you can find me on Instagram, photos by Nicole Marie. Awesome. And we'll link everything in the show notes too. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.